FM. Now here's your hosts, Root and Y. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Moneyball Podcast. I am Josh Y. I am not riding solo this week. Mitch is back on a technicality basis, I'll say. Uh, he gets away. <laughs> he didn't win money last week, but the the catch-22 in this clause was when he doesn't win money after appearing on the show. So he didn't appear on the show. So it's until both of those fail. So if he has a, if he has a shocking week this week, then Woot will be back next week. I went, I went solo, channeled my... Uh, Jason Derulo and rode solo last week, and uh, sorry for the bad joke there, but uh, I, I didn't do too well. So maybe I need Mitch with me to uh, to help me succeed. Maybe we're in a you know one of, what's the that relationship in the wild like a sim, symbiosis or whatever it is like a clownfish. Mate, you tell me. Clownfish. And you a, tell me. <laughs> clownfish and a sea anemone. I'm thinking. I'm channeling uh, some biology. It's been a while since. Wow. Now I feel old saying it's been a while since I was in U12 biology, but. Yeah, maybe we need each other to succeed, but I I played a lot of Russell Wilson and Spencer Ware last week, and Spencer Ware obviously got injured, and Russell Wilson, I, uh, I'm i out on him now. I'm never taking, in my season long year, I'm never taking quarterback before the fifth round ever, 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 ever again. I don't care what the value is. It just doesn't seem to return anything. I've never done it. I don't know what you're doing. Why We should have had this chat as well before you did your first your draft where you did that. <laughs> I, I was at a point in my draft where I didn't like anything on the board whatsoever, and to be fair, the picks around Russell have not done too well either. Um, and I just yeah. loved, I love the value there. But maybe like, it might come good for the playoffs, but at this point he's been shocking. But um, I w- will say I did hit on CJ Fedorowicz. I mentioned playing him a lot, um, and he managed to find the end zone. So um, if he played the uh, the tight end catching Jewish man, then uh, well done to you. I think he's Jewish with that surname. He has to be, right? <laughs> we'll, assume, we'll assume that. There's a, there's a Wikipedia list of like, Jewish athletes in American yeah. sport because there's such few of them. Yeah, it's um, awesome. He's got to be on there. It's, he has to be there. It is amazing how uh, how crazy that list is. All right, well, Mitch, you know the drill, but before I do, I will run through the available contest this week. And I will say this, Moneyball now have Fantasy Golf. Uh, Fantasy PGA is available, so... There's one starting in two hours, actually. So after we uh, finish this podcast, I might, uh, I've got no idea what I'm doing, but I'm going to have a dabble. Uh, there is a free league there available for you guys to just test it out and, and see how you go. So that's on the PGA Shrine is open. So give that a go uh, with moneyball.com.au. Uh, in terms of NFL, as always, there's the Hail Marys. There's a dollar Hail Mary, $15, 2000 prize pool guaranteed Hail Mary. And there's also the free entry Hail Mary that I've mentioned. So you can actually... Sign up and invest for free and try your luck, and, and you could actually win money and just build your bankroll without actually investing any money whatsoever. There's a $1,000 special for the Falcons and Bucks. I'll say today because you're probably listening to this on a Friday morning, and there's all the Sunday Blitz available. There's the double ups, there's the $1, there's the $2, there's the $15, there's another free entry run. There's just so many going on, and then the Broncos Raiders primetime special as well, $1,000. That's going to be a blockbuster match, so... Let's get straight into it, Mitch. Let's start with the quarterback position. I will say as well, Arizona, Chicago, Cincinnati, Houston, New England, and Washington all on the bye, which uh, which hurts us. There's some high-powered offenses there in in New England and Washington that have plenty of fantasy, you know, studs. Rob Gronkowski, Tom Brady, Jamison Crowder are all on bye, so our options are very small this week. 
before we start, I just want to say I looked up that Wikipedia page when you were talking there, and he's he's not Jewish according to Wikipedia, and that's a pretty official list in my book. Well, I I'm gonna Google <laughs> while you talk, and I'm gonna find <laughs> out um, if he is because I sw- he has to be with that surdo. <laughs> he has to be. Yeah. Okay, my start of the week here. It's your boy Nick Foles back in the starting lineup, uh, replacing Alex Smith, who's already been ruled out by um, Andy Reid. So Nick Foles is getting Jacksonville. He's at 6K, and he had a pretty sneaky good game last week. He, he likes the deep ball. He likes throwing to Travis Kelsey. He found an interest in, in Tyreek Hill there, and um, I'm interested in him. At 6K for a starting quarterback, in a bit of a, a dry week with those, with those buys, it gives me some value so I can load up elsewhere. Yeah, I like that play. I just can't trust Nick Foles. It's just so hard. I know. I'm more trusting Jacksonville at this point. Yeah, I, uh, that makes sense. Um, and you'll find out later that I don't trust Jacksonville whatsoever in some of my picks later on. Um, and yeah. look, Foles looked okay. And he, he, you got to remember, he did want to play with Andy Reid, and he chose to go to Kansas City because of Andy Reid and and his relationship with Andy Reid and familiarity with that offense. And he was quite comparable. I know it was the Colts' defense, but Jacksonville. Uh, you know, their defense just got torched by the Titans. They have been playing a lot better, but eventually when your offense just keeps stalling, your de- defense uh, is got to give and eventually will give up points. So he is cheap mm-hmm. at $6,000. I've gone with Dak Prescott at 7900 against this Cleveland Browns defense. Maybe the last time you get to play Dak Prescott this season, if it depends on where you fall on that side of the fence uh, in that debate. Team Romo. We, yeah, I'm all Team Romo. We're, we're Team <laughs> Romo here. Uh, Woot's gone to the dark side. His team, Dak, he's he's all in on Dak. Uh, named Dak is Rookie of the Year on uh, our mid-season review podcast during the week. But, uh, look, Des Bryant's back. A loaded offense against a poor Cleveland defense. They've allowed the fourth-most fantasy points to quarterbacks. So uh, I'm all in on Dak this week. I think uh, he's going to be a must-play. Yeah, I don't need much analysis on picking Dak. But I, my only reason I haven't put him as my start, I feel like he's the chalk play this week. I reckon he's going to be in like 50% of lineups. Yeah, I think his ownership is going to be very, very high. Uh, my sit this week is Matthew Stafford at 8,500 versus Minnesota. Although Stafford's been pretty good against Minnesota last year. I think he had twenty-two po- at least 22 points each time he played them. Um, this Minnesota defense is is a much better unit this year. And I know they've, they haven't been as good as a defensive play uh, in fantasy the last couple of weeks. They're still quite a stingy uh, defense, and they're at their price, at Matt Stafford's price, I'd rather other options that have a far better matchup. And you still got to think the best game against Minnesota so far this season was in week one with Mariota's 19 points. No one scored over 20. So if you're spending eight and a half grand on a quarterback, you want at least 20 points, and I'm avoiding Matthew Stafford. Mm. So my seat, I'm following your theme for season long. I'm going Russell Wilson against Buffalo, 8.9K. And the, the word is, is the knee brace is coming off this week. So he might be more mobile. It might be all right in your season long teams going forward from here. But at that price, I, I can't trust him. I can't put him in my lineup. So I know Buffalo's defense can, you know, it, it's up and down. But yeah, I'm not backing Russell Wilson until I see it. Yeah, I, I understand that. And my contrarian is a guy that I'm considering picking up in my season long to start in place of Russell Wilson this week. Until I can trust Russell Wilson again, I might be looking at other options. And that's Ryan Tannehill at $7,900 oh, no. versus the Jets. I know, right? What, what would you do if oh, you're no. in my season long? Oh, man. Uh, so who are your other options in the wide? We want to talk after the podcast, but... 
Yeah. Once you're starting to trust Ryan Tannehill, you're in a dark place. It is, but the matchup is so good. The three of the past five opposing quarterbacks against the Jets have scored at least 24 fantasy points in standard leagues, and that was including Josh McCown last week. And Tannehill's had five touchdown passes in two games against the Jets. He did have three picks as well, but uh, still, I I just like the matchup, and the Jets are a really, really bad defense. They're one of the worst uh, mm. passing defenses in the NFL. They're the 31st ranked passing defense by DVOA, by Football Outsiders. Yeah, I don't mind it as as a weekly fantasy move, but I'm so fr- afraid of backing my season long on him just because um, I don't know, Tannehill throwing, I know this Jets defense is weak against the deep ball, but you got to trust Tannehill to throw the deep ball, and that's my worry. Yeah, that's true. But I feel like they'll be you know, concerned about trying to stop J.O.J., the uh, record-breaking running back up there alongside Earl Campbell and mm. uh, O.J. Simpson that they might uh, <laughs> allow, sort of tempt Ryan Tannehill to beat them deep. And I think he can. I think he's had pretty good protection the last two weeks and he's played a lot better. It's funny when he has time how much better of a player he is. But uh, he's my contrarian play if you've got the cojones to roll with Tannehill. Mm, and we haven't mentioned him later, but I don't mind Kenny Stills because of that. Yeah, by the way. I agree. Anyway... My contrarian, I'm hit, sitting here mocking you for picking Ryan Tannehill. And here I am with Colin Kaepernick against the Saints at 6.5K. And I know it's Cap, I know, but again, I'm back against the Saints defense. He's a cheap price, and maybe he you know, gets some, a good bit of rushing yardage, and he, maybe I reckon he's got a 15-point floor this week. I don't know, if you're desperate. Yeah, if you are desperate, but you, you talk about... <laughs> Like my Dak Prescott being a high ownership, Colin Kaepernick's ownership would be probably in the two or three percent play. So it is the ultimate contrarian play. Uh, I don't think many people would be considering him at yeah. all. Moving on to the running back position, my must start this week is Carlos Hyde. I really love the matchup you just mentioned against the Saints. Uh, this has the makings of a high scoring game. Uh, you, you certainly expect the the Saints to put up a lot of points. And Tim Hightower is a contrarian player. I didn't mention, but one I would consider as well. Uh, on the other side of the ball. But the Saints have been very, very poor, especially uh, running off the left against running backs, running to the left end. So running off their, the left side defensive end. And San Francisco's offense loves to run off their left end. That's where Carlos Hyde's been killing it. So I've gone really deep with this, but they they rank 12th in yards running on the left-hand side, and the Saints are the worst defense on that side. And they've allowed running backs to score double digits in fantasy points this year uh, nine times. So... Last week, there was two of them. So I really like Carlos Hyde this week, who I think will have a lot of catches and a lot of yardage, especially in this format. I just think he's the must-start this week. I love how deep you went. I'm all over it. I've already got You made me feel good. He's in my season long in a league I need to win in, and I'll, you made me happy. Oh, he's going to he's <laughs> gonna kill it this week. Talk about a 15-point floor. I expect that, I just think. And, they, and the good thing about the Saints' defense is they're actually last in uh, – points allowed to running backs uh, in the passing game. So yeah, yeah. I feel like he's underrated, by the way, Carlos Hyde. He's doing pretty, producing all right at it in that team that he's in. For a running back to keep producing, he's doing a decent job. Especially with the game scripts. Absolutely agree. Yeah. Uh, so my start, geez, this is the most obvious start of the week, but someone had to do it. Uh, Ezekiel against Cleveland Browns, 9.3K. You've saved on Nick Foles. You're going to save later. You can't, you can't not play him to me. You just can't. Yeah, I agree. He is, uh, I think Zeke's in the MVP conversation right now outside of those quarterbacks. And uh, uh, yeah, he's, mm-hmm. a, he's a must play against that Browns defense. Who They have Jamie Collins now, though, so they might be a little bit better, but we'll wait and see. I think it'll take some time, though. 
Yeah, Sammy Collins or the Dallas offensive line. I'm backing the offensive line. <laughs> yeah. what, uh, we, what's, what's the lowest score that Zeke's got in the last sort? Since week two, his lowest score was 17. Yeah, he's uh, but please, he's an absolute start. I uh, I said months and months ago I wouldn't wouldn't bat an eyelid at taking him number one overall in in season long fantasy drafts, and if you did, and it's paying dividends because he's just an absolute. Absolute start. It's uh, it is crazy, especially behind that great wall. During the week, we 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 made up an award called the most valuable unit because we just had to give the Dallas offensive line something for their display uh, this season. They've been phenomenal. Uh, moving on, my sit this week is Ryan Matthews. I just can't trust Ryan Matthews. Uh, Sproles played sixty-two snaps last week, and Ryan Matthews played eight. Uh, he only had four carries for ten yards. Luckily, scored that touchdown to save. Fantasy owners, but he's only had two games with more than nine carries since week two. So I don't want a piece of Ryan Matthews probably for the rest of the season. So he's a sit for the rest of the year. Everything there confuses me. The coach speak confuses me. Um, yeah, I'm not touching that backfield. Don't do it. Nope. No, thanks. Avoid, okay. avoid, avoid. Yeah, so my sit, you mentioned him earlier. He's a young Barry Sanders, but <laughs> I don't know about this week. <laughs> J.H.I.E. versus the Jets at a pretty high price he's rocketed to, 7.8K. The Jets allow the fourth least yards, uh, oh, sorry, least rushing yards in the competition this year. Feeling like the least yards per game now, they do after the Packers uh, bottled that. And they've allowed a few touchdowns, but you're paying a premium at that price. I'm not going near him. And yeah, I reckon he'll be owned a bit because of his last two game scores. People will chase the scores. Yeah, exactly. Recency bias. It's just the way, yeah. it's just the way it is. So. I, I agree with that one. It's a, it's a clear avoid, especially at his price, nearly $8,000. Uh, Carlos Hyde's $300 cheaper, uh, dearer, so I'd rather roll with that. Uh, I've got two contrarian players this week. Uh, Theo Riddick at 6700 versus Minnesota. Uh, I like the matchup. I know it's against Minnesota's defense, but Theo Riddick just gets a whole heap of targets. He had 11 targets last week, and his fantasy points through passing games are crazy. He's had three receiving touchdowns in these past two games. And four running backs have at least four catches against Minnesota this year. So in the half-point PPR format, he's a guy that you can bank on getting plenty of targets and catches in in the uh, passing game. My other is Sharkandrick West. He's at $4,000 versus Jacksonville. He is really cheap with Charles on IR and Spencer Ware likely out due to concussion. Uh, West is going to be the guy. And there was four times last year when West had at least 16 carries to fill in for fill in for Charles, and he had double digit fantasy points in in each of those. So he's a guy that you're going to trust against a good matchup there in Jacksonville. Yeah, two sensational picks, and Sharkandrick West. I'm I feel like an idiot for not even noticing him earlier when I was doing my look at my, my research. But yep. I've gone one very contrarian play who probably been under five percent lineup of lineup. So I'm going Teron Ward on mm. Thursday night football against the Bucks, four point five k. He should be cheaper than that. I don't know what they've done with the pricing there, but he should be cheaper than that. He's only played one game, but it's just me backing that Falcons are being play control and Terrell Moore looked pretty good last week. He might take some more work this week, catch a couple passes, and maybe get you a touchdown at that price. And that's the kind of guy that can win you a weekly contest if he has a game like that. No one's going to have him. Yep, I, I agree with that. I think you'll find the end zone in the fourth quarter probably uh, if you're banking on that. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Did you have another one? I kind of thought about putting Ty Montgomery there, but with this whole sickle cell trait thing, that's you know a couple of questions over it. I feel like he's playing because we the Packers, sorry, released Noel Davis, but 
I'm not confident yet. That's probably one of your Sunday plays. I've, see if he's in. I've never heard of a sickle cell trait until the last three weeks. It just seems like it's everywhere. It seems like every, everyone's got it. Every third person's got it. It's, is it the new Ebola or what? Like I don't. I it's every think. pass catching running back. It's like that's who's got it. Tevin Coleman and then Tyler Dory. Yeah, it's just crazy. Theo like Riddick's it. got it definitely. Yeah, he's definitely got it. Definitely got it. <laughs> uh, Doug Charles Sims on IR with it. Um, but yeah, I like that Montgomery is available as a running back on Moneyball. Well done, Moneyball. I appreciate that. Good on them. Just kudos to you guys. Uh, moving on to the wide receiver position. I'm going with a, um, I I tossed up two here, like, because I wanted to mention Kyle Rudolph in my tight ends, but then I also want Stefan Diggs. So if you're not starting Stefan Diggs, then I'd start Kyle Rudolph. So just, I think one of these Minnesota pass catching, uh, the, the top two receivers for Minnesota, I think, uh, against the Detroit defense is is the way to go. So I ended up going with Stefan Diggs at 6,800 against Detroit. Uh, the reason I do like that is all the pressures on Minnesota to get their offense back on track this week. So I think you're going to see a conscientious effort from them to really get the ball rolling early and, and try and pick up some chunk yardage and, and, and show that they're not in this slump. And it's a really good matchup. It is a defense that's allowed 19 touchdown passes this season. And, Diggs had 16 fantasy points when he played Detroit last year. So it's crazy. And they're 28th against number one wide receivers in DVOA. So I like Stefan mm. Diggs this week. Well, we hear the rumor with North, uh, North gone that apparently he wasn't pl- calling plays the first four weeks. Did you hear that? Yeah, it was very, very interesting scenario. Of course, that happened like four hours after we finished recording our mid-season pod. Because mm. <laughs> it's definitely an interesting talking point, like a coach quitting. It's not about – it's not – it's not a good look, especially when your team's coming off two embarrassing losses and you're trying to rally the troops and you've got your coach quitting on you. It's it's hard to really get your team motivated, but um, he's saying it doesn't work, so I think it can't possibly get any worse. So I, I think the offense will get better eventually without yeah. North Turner, which just sounds crazy because he's known as an offensive sort of guru, but and, you know maybe it was time to, to move on. Yeah, but what I'm trying to say there, though, if you're buying the first four weeks, Stefan Diggs against this Detroit side, you'd be happy. Yeah, exactly, because, yeah, you're, you're saying that North only play called the last two weeks, not the first four. Yeah. I wonder why he didn't play calls in the first four weeks, though. Why did they change that? It was apparently, I can't remember the guy's name, the quarterback coach had worked with Sam Bradford before, and it's the Bradford's familiarity. Okay. Something like that. That's the rumor, and you know we don't know how they, how far you know how true these yep. things are. But it's Pat Shermer, the guy. Yeah, that's him. Yep. You, you, I knew you knew it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's uh, yeah, it's definitely interesting. You have an offensive coordinator, but then you use your quarterbacks coach to, to play call. So it is, uh, it is definitely, it is an interesting look at it. But uh, yeah, it's just really weird to see North Turner just quit like that. I, anyway. But, uh, yeah, yeah, you're buying that. I think I think you're right. That makes a ton of sense. Okay, my start of the week, and this is because I just tried to find the elite receiver I like the most. I'm not saying uh, Julio Jones because we look, you know, he's kind of hampered on the weekend, coming into a Thursday. He could, it could be a decoy despite being off the injury report. You never know, how, you know, how coaches play these things. And mm-hmm. My start is Mike Evans in that same matchup at 8.7K. He somehow isn't match price yet. And why not take it? They're going to be chasing points. It's going to be a high-scoring game. Mike Evans is seeing a ridiculous amount of targets. 
Whether or not Winston gets near him, that's another concern. But I, I back him to be a good enough player to probably catch a touchdown and get near 100 yards in this game. Yeah, I, I agree. And it's crazy. He he should be up that 9,000. Even when you just look at Moneyball, you look at form, he's got the highest, like, 17.1 average. It's higher than than any other wide receiver on that front page. So he should he it. should be a lot higher. He's sort of like an, a 1B in that tier just above the the next lot of guys like Jordy and Amari at 8,300. Just on that Vikings mm. offense, I, I, I do find it interesting that for them to be just an an average offense, they had to have Sam Bradford playing at a career high. That's a concern long term, <laughs> don't you think? It is, but I'm also at that point now that we had this happen to Denver a couple of times last year. They lost two games in a row, and all of a sudden we all just broke them off as a, as a team. Yeah. It's a long season. They lost a divisional game. Like, you know, you're going to lose those games throughout the year. No matter how good you are, you're going to drop a game like that. That yeah. just happens. And yeah. I feel like the Vikings will come back this week, blow their Detroit away, and forget about everything. Exactly. And you mentioned those tough games. Like, Atlanta have played tough against, like, Seattle and Denver and Green Bay and San Diego. But the most embarrassing loss they had was against Tampa Bay. So, mm. you know, those division exactly. games are always very, very tough. Um, anyway, so we've got our starts are Stefan Diggs and Mike Evans. My sit is Marvin Jones in the same matchup against Diggs. 7,600 versus Minnesota. He's going to be playing up against Xavier Rhodes. He's been very, very strong uh, this this season. I just, I'm really worried. The last five games, he's sort of, since he's had that 205-yard game against your Green Bay Packers, he's only had combined 248 yards in five games since then. So he's really slowed down a little bit as they as they get Golden Tate and Anquan Bolden and Eric Ebron and Theo Riddick more involved. So I feel like there's way too many weapons there to get that return on value, especially in a tough matchup. Yeah, don't touch it. Don't, don't do it to yourself, anybody. Yep. Or if you're uh, playing against sim- us, go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. If I go head-to-head with you, you're happy, happy playing. Welcome. Yeah. Um, my sit this week is only because of the injury cloud over him, because the Packers are awful against number ones, but I'm sitting T.Y. Hilton at 8.6K, big price to play for a guy that might not be 100% or might not even play on come the weekend. It's that simple. Yeah, he's, he's only missed three career games, so he's he's quite durable despite being a, a small small receiver and, and not like stocky either. He's very nimble and uh, he's he's quite tough. I'll give him credit. I love I love the ghost, but yeah, I uh, I'm not confident in him this week. His teammate though, Dante Moncrief. He, wouldn't be a bad play at all. I don't mind that. He's a, mm. he's a red zone target. Probably should have had two touchdowns last week, so that's something to consider. Uh, Mike and Cherry in play. I've got two because my first one is contingent on whether Big Ben uh, plays or not. If he doesn't play, then I'm, I'm not playing semi-coats. But if Ben Roethlisberger is playing 6,600 versus Baltimore, I'm in love with semi-coats. This Ravens secondary has been ripped, absolutely torched down the field this year. They've allowed the third most fantasy points to fa- uh, third most points to fantasy wide receivers this year, and it's not just number ones that they're getting torched by. These this is the list of number twos that have scored receiving touchdowns against the Ravens. Corey Coleman scored two against them. Michael Crabtree scored three. Seth Roberts, Pierre Garcon, Roger Lewis. That's a real human being, and Qu- yeah, exactly. And Quincy Anunua. So um, you're looking at those number two and number three guys at semi coats. You know, fits that mold. He averages 21.3 yards of reception. And Baltimore's 30th in DVOA against the non-top two passing targets. So he's he's a great play if Big Ben plays. I like it. You made, I've picked him up at a fantasy league to cover a bye week, and you made me pretty happy right now. Yeah, I've, I've hung on to him. <laughs> I've just kept him. He, he uh, 
the big play is just so tempting in fantasy. It's just there's not many running back uh, wide receivers that just catch passes like mm. that consistently. Uh, um, it's just points straight into the pocket. My one fear there, though, is Big Ben away from home. We know he has those games with him sometimes, and we know Mike Tomlin has, Tomlin has him in too, where they just don't turn up. Yeah, uh, divisional game, though, I, I think they'll show, yeah. um, especially, and Big Ben's, like, not human, so coming off injuries like that, he always seems to be, like, I don't know, better when he's injured. It's weird. He's just, mm. he's flip-flop. Like, every conventional stat is in reverse <laughs> with Big Ben. Like, he's better under pressure than when he's not. It's just... Oh, that's always ridiculous. He never that's makes sad. he never makes any sense. I love him, but he never makes any sense. Um, uh, your other contrarian. Yeah, he's, he's Devonta Adams, 6,400 against the Colts. The Colts stink. They stink on defense. <laughs> and Adams has 13 targets, uh, 13 receptions and 12 receptions in the last two weeks. So he's had double-digit receptions the last two weeks. He's locked in with... Uh, with Aaron Rodgers, it's really good to see Adams buck the the real negativity around him. He played injured last year and copped a lot of heat for it, and many thought he was a bust. And he's actually turned that narrative around really well. And he's been—it's no coincidence that Rodgers is playing better because some of his receivers, like Adams and Montgomery and Trevor Davis, are actually getting open and allowing Rodgers to to thread the needle into less tight windows. Yeah, I think people forget how good Adams was in his rookie season for the Packers in that he was a round two pick, and a pick like that, that high, is pretty rare from Ted Thompson on a wide receiver. Mm. But he liked Devontae, and we're seeing it, finally seeing it again the last two weeks that this guy can be a legitimate NFL wide receiver. And against Indiana, sorry, Indianapolis, yep. that's a good play. Yeah. Is he your number one receiver now? Is he overtaking Geordie? Is that crazy? Uh I don't know. Remember we used to – it's a 1A, 1B kind of thing, isn't it, right? Like, yeah. Geordie uh, is, is still probably the lead receiver, but in terms of possessions, you know, Adams is that guy, I feel, yep. on, the, on the outside. And, you know, Cobb's your slot receiver. Yep. Yeah. Um, my contrarian. So what if I told you you can, get a, you can get a wide receiver one for the price of Kenny Britt, Sammy Coates, Mike Wallace, Devonta Adams? What if I told you that? Be all over it. Uh, it sounds like a 30 for 30. <laughs> Uh, it does. <laughs> he's a number. Well, Mike, he's a number one wide receiver. He is. He what? is to me uh, in that <laughs> offense. Uh, Michael Thomas against San Francisco, six point five k. Run at me if you think he's not number one. He is the number one there now. Drew Brees loves him. Serious? Yeah, he's number one. I could make the he's case. I could make the case. He's the number four before I make the case that he's the number one. No, he's number one, mate. Look at his targets the last four weeks. I know, but Brandon, Brandon Cooks is still the number one guy. He's the one drawing the elite corners. That's what I judge it on. Um, yeah, look, but you I make agree. A fair he, point, but Brandon nah. Cooks can also not touch the ball for you know forty-five minutes of a contest. Yeah, I love, I love, <laughs> I love Michael Thomas, but uh, I think he's like, I feel like Cooks is the number one, and then everyone else is the two. Um, because, I'm having that hot takes here, why? Yeah, I'm, I'm hitting the air horn just crazy <laughs> with you right now. It's just good. Yeah, I'm good. Just, well, yeah, it's very hot take from you, but I do. I, I like Michael Thomas. He's been he's actually been very consistent, so uh, he's and still a great price. So I agree with you. Yeah, he's going to see the targets. They're pretty high floor, and he's playing 49ers. What what else do you want? It's a it's a very very good uh, matchup. I'm just looking. And he's at, the number one receiver. He's the number one receiver. I'm looking well. at New Orleans defense. They're 28th against number two wide receivers in DVOA. So they're averaging 58.5 yards to number two wide receivers this year. So uh, six, so that's for Brandon Cooks. What about them for number one receivers? Not good, mate. You <laughs> if you want to make that argument, they're seventh against number one receivers, which is okay. Crazy. No, he's, 
He's the number two. He's, he's, the, no- he's definitely he's the number two. Yeah. He's the other two. All right. Yeah. Well, that makes your argument so much stronger. You can thank me later. Uh, all right, moving on to right. moving on to the tight end position. There's no Jewish hipsters um, here, and the reason I call him a Jewish hipster that's the only thing I could really find on CJ Fedorowicz when I googled Fedorowicz <laughs> CJ in Jewish was someone mentioning that he might be like a Jewish hipster on hipster. some sort of Falcons blog. It was weird. Um, that is weird. They said if he's Jewish, he's probably a rich man's Heath Miller. This was back in 2014 during the scouting combine, so the Falcons must have brought him in for a visit. And yeah, so because <laughs> that's a great line. If he's Jewish, he's probably a rich man's Heath Miller. That's amazing. That's great. That's amazing. Uh, all right, moving on. Um, make America braid again. Um, it's the election oh, week. In, it's an election week in the states, so I've got to go with my boy Cameron Braid and make America braid again. Five thousand one hundred against Atlanta. I love Cameron Braid. Um, maybe maybe do a little bit of a multi this week. Cameron Brait first touchdown scorer for the Tampa Bay into Donald Trump. Just make America break, <laughs> make America break again, and see what happens. But I I like Cameron Brait this week. Uh, Atlanta are the sixth worst defense against fantasy tight ends, and then in week one, if you remember, all the way back then, and Winston just played unbelievable. He hasn't played that good since, but he threw two touchdowns to tight ends. Fortunately, Brait wasn't one of them, but Severian Jenkins is gone, and Myra. My, Brendan Myers is a non-factor in that offense. So in three home games, Brait is averaging 10 fantasy points a game, and Atlanta is averaging 62.4 yards to tight ends every week. So I like Cameron Brait. I think he'll find the end zone. You mentioned Mike Evans being a good play this week. I, I agree that Brait is also being behind. I think he'll find the end zone and some targets. Uh, my start is, again, I'm, I'm doubling down on Nick Foles, but Travis Kelsey against Jacksonville, at an okay price for a guy who's a pretty good tight end, 6.4K. I'm backing that connection they showed me last week to, to you know, be, be relieved and replayed out this week. There's not many elite tight ends available in this slate. And we've saved up. We've gone with, you know, Foles. We've gone with Teron Ward. We've gone Michael Thomas. We've got some money here, and I'm, I'm plugging in Travis Kelsey. Played really good catching Kelsey. You been watching it on, on E-Channel? I, I have not. I had a friend who reached out to me a few weeks ago, you know, a girlfriend of mine, and she was like, oh, you know, have you heard about this NFL player doing this show, yada, yada, yada. She watched it, and she's pretty certain he is a booze hound, and he has some serious issues with the bottle, yeah, apparently. Yeah, the uh, show is not good. I've watched some of it. Yeah. Um, it's no Bachelor, that's for sure. Uh, just, yeah, it's very tacky, and yeah, it's... Uh... I, I, like, as well. I liked Travis Kelsey before the show. I'm not a not a much as a fan now. He just, uh, I don't know. Not, not what he huge dunked on. on that girl. What was he doing dunking on someone on the day? Uh, he's, <laughs> and then he, someone was dressed up as a watermelon, and then he said that she looked like cream spin. No, cream spinach. I don't know what cream spinach is, but um, yeah, he wasn't. I like him as a fantasy player this week, not as a. Not as a reality TV star, but uh, moving on. Kelsey <laughs> against Jacksonville, not a bad play. My my sit this week um, it might shock a few people. It's Jason Witten, uh, 4,800 against Cleveland. I know it's a great matchup. Cleveland's the third-worst defense against fantasy tight ends, but you got to look at the tight ends they face. Rob Gronkowski, Martellus Bennett, Delaney Walker, Jordan Reed. That's all in eight games, so I'm not huge on Witten because even though he scored last week, he still hasn't scored double-digit Moneyball points since week one, and even then it was like 11, so he only was just scraping over. I know his price is really cheap. He's 4800 like Jack Doyle and 
Cameron Brait are dearer than him, but I just can't play him this week, even though the matchup's nice. I just feel like the ceiling is like 15 points, and I'd rather shoot for gold and, and go for someone else. Dak does not lean on Jason Witten. Cole Beasley is his guy. He's short yard, his guy. I'm all yep. around this. This like, Don't play him. I don't think... He doesn't catch a touchdown last week if they don't friendly fire, don't blow the coverage, you know? Yeah, the, the defenders ran into each other, and he just popped open. So uh, he had two receptions last week, and one of them was that. So I'm not, I'm not huge on Jason Witten. Yeah, uh, my sit is uh, one of the more disappointing tight ends of the season for mine. I didn't pick him up in any legs because he went so high, but I'm sitting Zach Ertz against the Giants at 4.8K. Seems to be a non-factor in the receiving game at the moment. He's been blocking a lot more since the suspension on the Philadelphia offensive line. And, yeah, I just don't can't, get, can't go near him at the moment. I don't like touching that offense at all, really. I know it's a pretty decent offense, I guess, with Carson Wentz, but... There's no lead receiver for me, really. There's no lead back. It's it's too much production spread across a number of players to touch it. Yeah, I just I don't think Zach Ertz is good. I just no, neither do I. I feel like he's been talked up just so much, and it's just like, what has he done? Like I, I feel like Jack Doyle's a better player than him. Like, is that crazy? No, Zach Ertz has been a fantasy sleeper every year he's been in the league since 2013. He's been a fantasy sleeper, and he's still asleep. <laughs> That gets next a, year. That gets a drop. That gets a drop. I'm playing the laughter drop right now. Okay. Uh, next year, man. It's next year. People will tell me. People will come back and draft him round eleven again next year. He'll do nothing again next. Look, year. I'll say this about him. He's a pretty good blocker in the pass game, but that's about it. PFF has him as a rating at seventy-one point seven in pass blocking, which is pretty good. Uh, I'll look at amongst tight ends where that rates, but like in the receiving game, he's just just garbage. He's, look, I just looked at his average for the season. 4.5 average score. Yeah. And that's in PPR, the half-point PPR. Don't touch him. Never. No. So he's like the 10th best blocking tight end in, in pass protection in the NFL. So that's not – like Hunter Henry's already better than him as a pass protector and as a catcher. He's a guy that you'd much rather play. Yeah, I, He got paid too. Yeah, I know. He's, I, don't, I don't rate him. Anyway, no, uh, moving on. Uh, my contrarian play this week's Austin Hooper, four thousand dollars against Tampa Bay. Jacob Temme is out, and Hooper had five targets last week. That was with Temme on the field. Although Tampa Bay pretty good against the tight end, that's why it's a contrarian play. If they were really bad, then it would be my start of the week. But um, Tampa Bay pretty pretty good against the tight end. But the last couple of weeks they haven't been. They've allowed a tight end to score at least nine fantasy points in two of their past three games. So. I like Austin Hooper, $4,000. That's really, really cheap. And uh, I think he's a play, especially in tomorrow's game. Um, he's going to be the play. Yeah, I'm only staying away because I heard a fantasy analyst that I think's awful rap him this week, Jamie Eisenberg from, uh, you know, from CBS. Yep. Not a fan of his work, and he likes Austin Hooper, so that's my red flag. <laughs> so I'm not playing him. Do you know he's actually related to Jesse Eisenberg, the actual actor? He's actually related to him. I do know that. I yeah. do. I don't listen to that podcast often, but it's like my really deep backup from out of other podcasts. I'll wow. give it a listen. How do you run out of today? How do you run out of podcasts? That's ridiculous. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Like I, when I'm doing like reports at work, which is a bit the NRL off season for me. That that's what I, you know. I'm just grinding through them. Yeah. So yeah. I ran out today. I listened to it, and um, yeah, not nah. I'm off just because of that. I don't mind him. He's all right. Um, by the I way, I don't mind him. You but said, he's not the 200th ranked, like, in-season guy on Fantasy Pros. Like, he's right. not good mid-season. All right. All right. So you, you're trusting Fantasy <laughs> Pros' rankings of people that do rankings? Yes. <laughs> You've gone very meta. Also, you said the word, <laughs> you also said the word grinding, which is you got to pay a fine. 
Um, that's in the what, Chuck. What? That's I just made it up. Then anyone that says grinding from now on just reminds me of Chuck Pagano, and okay. you are immediately fined. You owe me a beer. Um, okay, fine. Chuck Pagano, gotta keep grinding. Gotta... Please <laughs> spare me. Uh, who, I'll spare you. Who is your uh, Who is your contrarian play this week? Speaking of grinding, we're going back to the Colts, <laughs> and uh, again, yeah, we're going against that Green Bay secondary and linebacker core that cuts up anybody. Uh, Jake Ryan got torched by Sanu a couple of times last week. Uh, Jack Doyle is my play. He's still underpriced at 5K. Spots. He might be owned a little bit, but I love I'm getting on that. Yeah, oh, man, how good's he been? I mean, where'd he come from? He's got my last name. He's fantastic. I'm all over him. Yeah. Go on, Alan, get out of there. Get Leave the city. Jack, this is Jack Doyle's town. Jack Doyle is currently the 16th <laughs> best tight end in the NFL, according to PFF. That's amazing. Jack Doyle. And, yeah, and he's like top three in fantasy scores, isn't he? Yeah, he's uh, oh, he's up there. He's just He's just been amazing. Kobe Fleener, 45th. Everyone was like, oh, you got rid of Kobe Fleener, please. Jack Doyle just leaps and bounds better than Kobe Fleener. It's amazing. The amount of passes Fleener drops, I don't know how Drew Brees gets throwing to him. I know, it's crazy. I don't get it. But yeah, Jack Doyle, if T.Y. Hilton's out, it comes a next level play for me too, but he goes to the second option at offense if T.Y. Hilton's out. Yep. No, All Jack, over it. Jack Doyle is stud. I agree. Great play. Still really, really cheap. All right, moving on to the defense. I am all over the Chiefs this week versus Jacksonville, 6,500. you got Blake Bortles and his awful throwing mechanics on the road in Arrowhead Stadium. The Chiefs defense has mm. scored double-digit fantasy points the last three games, and they're just all the arrows are pointing to the Chiefs defense. So I'm going to do all I can to make sure I can afford the Chiefs defense this week because it's in a really weak defense. I think they're the standout. Yeah. Do you buy into it at all that in one week that Greg Olsen, that he can somehow, you know, resemble an NFL quarterback again? Uh, I don't know. I feel like I they, they, so. they're trying to copy Buffalo and it didn't quite work. I mean, Greg Olsen was, you know, running a, an offense in Jacksonville while playing tight end in Carolina. So, like, it's obviously they'll have a guy that's more committed <laughs> this time. But it, worked, it kind of worked last year. I don't know what they did to uh, yeah. Bortles throwing motion, but they ruined it. So that... I don't know. They're not going to. I don't think they're going to produce until that's been yeah. fixed, and that's probably for next season. Yeah, and I said on the pod during the week that you know that that works for Buffalo, but your issue is Blake Bortles and his throwing mechanics. So giving the guy that's responsible, the quarterback coach, a more oh, yeah. uh, higher responsibility doesn't really make sense to me. And and Woot said it was a very Jacksonville move, and I agree with him. I agree as well. Um, and also this week, because you're not buying, there's, there's no premium, premium receivers really that you can spend up on. You can actually afford a defense like uh, like the Chiefs this week. Yep, exactly. Uh, my defense is I'm just going, I don't like backing them. I've done this so many times over the last three years. I've put this team in my lineup and shot myself next week. But the Dolphins against the Jets, I'm betting against Ryan Fitzpatrick. And they're 4K, and they're looking a little more like a, a decent-ish team. So I'm just, whatever, throwing a dart at the board and hoping the Dolphins turn up. Yeah, I uh, I considered them, but I just couldn't go past the Chiefs. But, I, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick's due for, due for a, uh, another shocking game, and even though he had one last mm. week in the first half. But, yeah, the Dolphins, you know, they haven't had many picks or fumbles this year, so they're due to, to have some takeaways because they've been playing much no. better. Uh, my ki- my kicker, I'm loading up on Chiefs special teams this week, and I'm going with Cairo Santos. Embrace the uh, the Cairo, the Egyptian god. Um, but 
Yeah, Jag- it's funny. Kicker stats. You ready? Jaguars come into this game allowing the most fantasy points to opposing kickers, and no kicker has scored fewer than eight fantasy points against the Jags this this year. So it's a consistent play. And then when you look at Santos over the last three weeks, twelve, nine, and eight points. So it's just it's the perfect combination of Santos in good form, playing well, and against the Jags. Yeah, he's a little underpriced. Yep, he he's is. He's putting out there. I think he'll do a price rise next week, so I'm just loading up on Chiefs special teams. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm just going back to the well. I'm suggesting him like four weeks in a row on here, and he hasn't let me down yet. Will Lutz at 4.1K. He went up $100, so that happened. Yeah, I know. Wow. 4.1K Lutz against dog. the 49ers. He'll kick a couple of – obviously, he'll kick some extra points. I back that somehow the Niners will stop the, the Norlings offense, and uh, hopefully he kicks one or two long ranges. It's, it's a kicker. I mean, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, you see how we go. Um, it, it's, that's it. That's it. That I was, is it. I was worried about where I was going to go with that, but that's it. That's that's it. A lot of good plays from us this week. I think we're going to I think we're gonna be in the money this week. I think uh, we've. it's a tough week with all those teams on by, but I think we've done very, very well. Mitch, mm. thank you very much for joining us yet again. I hope uh, this is a success for you. Uh, where can people find you on social media? Just firstly, thanks for having me back on. I just built a lineup. This is, this is why I do well when I'm with you. I build a lineup when we're talking. That's why. When, when you're not here for me, while when I'm out, when I was last, I was at a work Christmas party and didn't have my time with you. Yeah. I couldn't do that. I had to throw a lineup together on my own. And, you know, it Chris, didn't work. But... Christmas party in October are, are an absolute travesty. Sorry, end of season party, what okay. I was saying, end of Thank season. You. And it was, a, oh. it was a big one. It was till 5 a.m. Friday morning at the casino. Not a, wow. the, wallet is, the wallet is screaming at the moment. Well, wow. right. we'll win some of it back uh, with, uh, with Moneyball this week. But, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at MitchD underscore nine zero. And other than that, yeah, nothing else going on at the moment. Just give us a tweet. All right, there you go. Tweet him. Uh, he's on private, so you're going to have to follow him. And he does have, <laughs> he does have an underscore in his handle don't let that I'm sorry it's that's another travesty but as always you can follow me on twitter at jynfl you can follow moneyball at moneyball c-o-m-a-u and you can you just play moneyball on moneyball.com.au please follow the show at woot and why for all our fantasy content regular content we had a half yearly review podcast this week over an hour and 15 minutes of great great content peace out